Her energy and enthusiasm is contagious. Children have been singing, stomping, jumping, and cheering as Dana has performed across the nation with her upbeat tunes and bubbly personality. John and Dan have a blast interviewing their friend Dana about her wonderful new album, A Place Called Home. This Napa five-time gold award winner and engaging entertainer has delivered a top-notch collection of tunes about the sky, the sea, the wetlands, and underground tunnels in musical styles ranging from reggae to bluegrass to bossa nova. Everybody needs a place to call home. Dana takes you there. I'm just kidding and he's just kidding, just kidding is what we do. We're just kidding and they're just kidding, you kid a little bit too. When we feel like singing, we invite some friends. We'll have some fun and laugh a lot. Hope it never, hope it never. I'm just kidding and he's just kidding, just kidding is what we do. We're just kidding and they're just kidding, you kid a little bit too. Hi, everybody. I am John Wood. And I'm Dan Crow. And, and welcome to our show, Just Kidding. Wait a minute. Who is this beautiful young lady that has joined us, Daniel? This is a longtime friend and also a fellow terrific. I think she's a, one of the, my favorites, no doubt, uh, singer-songwriters. And she's joining us today for family and children's concerts. This is Dana. It's really good to see you again. Oh, it's really great to see you, Dan. It's been so many years since I've known you, and I also lo have loved John for all these years, too. I mean, we go way back, all of us. So Happy anniversary. I did, did you guys just have an anniversary? Yes, we just had our uh, wedding anniversary yesterday, and I don't even want to tell you how many years, but I will. It was 28 years I've been married to my awesome husband, Jason. Wow. And honestly, um, I could not have made any music, not a single note for children without his support. So, you know, it's hard It's hard to make a living in children's music. And so it's so awesome to have the support of somebody who's making something else besides children's music. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really am grateful to Jason for all these years and helping me to um, uh, reach out to all the children with my songs. Yeah, and I understand that with Lucinda, too. I mean, this could never have happened without her support, you know. Yeah, the same with my cats. You know, I, I leave and they give me dirty looks. And then when I come home, they've made up for it. They'll make me a nice uh, tuna casserole <laughs> or something along those lines. So we've, we've actually come a long way. So obviously we have a lot in common. In your song on the album, Dog on My Head, yes. I, I, I know those caps stick on your head too, John, don't they? Well, that's actually how I got the idea for that song, Dog on My Head, because my cat always likes to sleep on my head, and I had a dog character, so I figured I'll make the song about the dog, but really my cat inspired that song. <laughs> right, and I love how you referred to let the cats had to move out and go away after the That's <laughs> <Nice> hot. <laughs> Well, that song was just a, you know, I threw that song into this new album just for fun to make the kids hopefully laugh and uh, give them something to relate to because a lot of them have dogs out there. And, and I'm wondering if they like to sleep on their heads, too. <laughs> as long as it's not a St. Bernard, I'm fine. <laughs> how did you get involved in, in children's music? Were, were you a teacher or how, how did that come about? Oh, no, I was far from uh, the children's music uh, 
industry. I was actually singing in smoky bars and cabarets and piano bars playing all around New York. That's where we met. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew you looked familiar. Okay, so you uh, were uh, playing bar music and... Yes, and uh, singing, you know, in these smoky bars till two in the morning. And then um, really what happened is uh, my sister had her first child, who was my first nephew. And so I had been writing a lot of, you know, songs for adults and recording demos and, you know, singing in some studios back then in New York. So I thought, well, I'm going to write some lullabies for my new nephew as a gift. And then I thought, well... I might as well record them so they'll be a lasting gift. So I went in the studio and recorded these six lullabies and um, kind of got inspired. I felt like, oh my gosh, these songs are just coming so easily to me. And I just felt like, oh, a connection because I just always loved children. I ended up writing six more for morning songs and that turned into my, my first recording for children called Gather Your Dreams. And um, I was so fortunate and so blessed because Mr. John Wood was uh, part of the judging panel for the Napa Awards back then, and still is, uh, or was for a long time. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so you were so kind, and uh, I was so grateful to receive a gold Napa Award for that album. And because of that, I was really spurred on to create more music for children, and it just gave me the confidence and the little boost I needed. So thank you, John. I've always wanted to tell you how grateful I am to you for that award, because it really um, guided the rest of my career and my life, and it helped me find my niche in this world. So thank you. Wow, this reminds me of when I was listening to your song about the whales and I started blubbering. <laughs> I love that, by the way, I got to mention, you're, you have such a, you're, you're a wonderful songwriter, just outstanding. And I love the way you turn a phrase like, I, I mean, I just, for example, you mentioned the migration song. Uh, they something about, I, you know, it's time to change location and make a new uh, migration. I just thought that was so clever. I mean, yeah. uh, from the whale's perspective, I guess, I don't know, but it's hilarious. Well, this new album, uh, A Place to Call Home, is all about animals, you know, like the humpback whales and um, all different animals and the places that they live. I was just so fascinated to learn so many neat details and facts about all the animals. So I wanted to include as many as I could. And uh, throughout this process of researching the animals, I just grew to love them so much. So now I have a love affair with humpback whales. They were going to show the video during the show, but I just love the, the shots you got of the whales, you know, frolicking and swimming and migrating. And it was just joyous. And the scenery is gorgeously put together. Oh. They're such fascinating animals, and I was so uh, lucky. I wanted to include the uh, actual whale song, you know, them singing. Um, so I reached out to the Monterey Bay Aquarium Research Institute, and they were so gracious to allow me to use their recordings of actual humpback whales in my song. So, um, the, and the neat thing was, after we integrated the, uh, the song into the track, uh, from the whales, I had written the song in the key of C, and, and my producer, E.J. Willette, said, oh my gosh, it sounds like they're singing in tune, and they were. 
But just exactly in the KFC. And so I asked the researchers, you know, is that something that, that always happens? Are they always sing in the KFC? And he said, well, they sing in all different keys. We just got lucky, I well, guess. They do, but, live in, they do live in the sea. No, That's right. <laughs> Except when they modulate. I mean, migrate. <laughs> a modulating migration. <laughs> I did. Um, I did see a, a legal letter that uh, came across my desk um, from Bob, the whale lawyer, who seems to be looking for some compensation for that their song, which uh, it's kind of a Lennon McCartney thing. But I, I don't want to go into it right now. It's, it's a licensing thing. <laughs> it's a licensing thing, and we've turned it over to our staff. Right. We have a staff. We don't have a staff. <laughs> You have to consult the krill on it. <laughs> well, I think they might just make a bubble net around all of us and capture us. And you know that Dana is the krill of my dreams. <laughs> Thirty minutes on whales, folks. <laughs> and I, I wanted to just tell you that because of the uh, scientists at the Monterey Bay Research Aquarium, Aquarium Research Institute, they put me in touch with this amazing uh, videographer who spends his days capturing footage of whales. He was very kind and, and allowed me to use a lot of his amazing, um, magnificent footage of the whales. So I encourage everybody to check that out, not, not even for the song, but for the whales. They're so cool to watch. Hey everyone. Today we're going to learn about humpback whales. Did you know that they swim all the way from down south in Hawaii, up north to Alaska, and back again every year? When they make these big trips between their winter and summer homes, it's called migration. It's been a nice long summer up in Glacier Bay, but the Alaskan sun is fading away. Snow and ice are bringing a chill, and the humpback whales have had their fill. They've been eating all summer and their bellies are full. Now the whales are feeling that natural call to head down south to sing their song. Winter in Hawaii is where they belong. Make a big mind, make a big 
They're never small, they start out weighing a ton The calves are hungry and their mamas are too So what's a hungry humpback whale gonna do? The whales know when it's time to go They're feeling a sensation It's time to change location is the place to catch fish in the mouth. Whales come together and blow a bubble net and scoop a ton of fish without breaking a sweat. The whales know how to blow. It's another summer up in Glacier Bay. They'll stay until the sun starts fading away. When snow and ice start bringing a chill and they've had their fill of fish and krill. It was great to see you do it interactively with the children too and the, and the little audience there you know they were so yeah. engaged in it too that was fun it's a beautiful song it really is well thank you we were lucky we shot the uh, scenes with the children right before the shutdown before the pandemic exploded. Yeah. so it was very fortunate we all got that uh, in but you know all the videos for this album i ended up uh editing from afar, you know, in the whole lockdown. Uh, and it's amazing now what you can do over the internet and uh, with Team Viewer and everything and share your screens. And so my editors uh, and I work together um, remotely. And so we were able to create the videos even though we couldn't be together. So I'm really glad we got all the kids footage before all that happened. Oh, you recorded the, the Build a Dam song, for example, and you're, and you're all playing live. That was all done in separate locations, right? You just right. found those and put them together. Yeah, so for my uh, album release, um, we did an online concert celebration, and it actually worked out because my producer, the amazing E.J. Willette from Whole Music uh, Studios in um, Boston, Massachusetts area, he uh, wouldn't have been able to you know, join me if we hadn't had the lockdowns because I'm in Washington State. So we were able to remotely um, you know, bring him in and the saxophone player and flute player from all different locations and uh, create, um, create our online concert all together. Um, so it's kind of becoming the norm now, but uh, in the beginning it was a little scary technically because I'm not very good at all this stuff, but uh, thank goodness uh, people around me are. So You made it work, no question about yeah. it. 
Louis. And my son actually edited that whole concert together. He's uh, gotten to be pretty good at editing, and he's off to film school now. So I am uh, going to be having a much lower bar. He just started his freshman year at Chapman University at the Dodge College for Film and Media Arts. And uh, it's a great school for film um, and uh, rated number six this year in the whole world for film. And he wow. was so I think he's going to do it. He's he's figured out how to put up with me, so if he can uh, do that, <laughs> he's got a good baseline. <laughs> you take out the trash or I'll make you edit, edit my uh, video. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of editing videos, i got to tell you, I've seen so many videos. This That underground traffic jam one is so funny. Report from beneath the lawn Coming to you twice a day at dusk and dawn Everybody's moving, it's time to get some eats Rush hour is picking up on underground streets Bunnies heading east, gophers heading west All of them are coming from a burrow or a nest We got a traffic, underground traffic jam Traffic, things are moving slow We got traffic, traffic down below Bottleneck backing up squirrels over here. They're carrying acorns to last them all year. The hamsters are heading for a hold up down south. Cause the chipmunks are chilling, stuffing nuts in their mouth. We got nose to tail traffic from a whole bunch of moles. They all keep stopping to dig more holes. We got a traffic, underground traffic jam. Traffic, things are moving slow. We got traffic, traffic down below.
Heading up the northbound high occupancy lane. Backups are building. I just love that. Your newscast bits in there were brilliant. Did you come up with that idea or EJ did get that one? Oh, that was- I, I wrote all those crazy uh, lyrics and words, you know. So I, when I was thinking about um, the album and um, featuring the different places the animals live, I thought, okay, for the sea, I'll have the humpback whales and, and teach the kids about migration and have a song about birds for the sky and, and um, you know, the wetlands. I have the beavers, which you mentioned, let's build a dam. And so then I thought, well, where else do they live? Underground. In tunnels. And I spent enough time in New York City to know that where there are tunnels, there is traffic. So I came up with the idea that underneath the ground, there must be a lot of traffic jams happening. <laughs> oh, so, no, that's great. Yeah, it was fun. And I think once you have a fun concept, you could kind of just let it fly and see what you oh, can yeah. do. It's very entertaining. Very entertaining. <laughs> Thank you. And that's an example of... Um, the animators for that video, I never actually met in person. And I chose those animators because they're in uh, Seattle, um, somewhat near a couple hours from where I live. And I thought, well, I'll go with them because then I can actually go to their space and uh, be there and work on it together. But as it turned out, um, we never actually met in person. We did the whole thing remotely. And so they came up these amazing character drawings of all the underground animals and brought them to light. Now did you, uh, you know, you actually met with EJ before you guys started the project. I know you probably work from a distance, like you said, most of the time, but. Yeah, well, the amazing thing about EJ is um, he's been doing this remote thing for a long time. He had it already figured out. so. Way last uh, fall, about a year ago now, um, I, uh, you know, started working with him and I started sending him just the roughs of the songs, right? Just the piano vocal. And then he would send me, uh, he got me all set up with my own little uh, digital audio workstation. And uh, so we were able to send tracks back and forth. So he would send me, you know, a click track and I would play it again. And he had the drummer, the fabulous Dave Maddox, uh, did the drums and percussion on these songs. And He's worked with, oh, I don't know, uh, Sir Paul McCartney. Oh, <laughs> <Just my gosh. laughs> awesome uh, people. So I was very honored that Dave Maddox played on my record. At any rate, so they did the drum tracks and the bass. And then I added the actual real keyboards remotely before I even got to the studio. So by the time I flew uh, to the Boston area, to Byfield, Massachusetts, to Whole Music Studios, we had already finished most of the instrumental tracks. So all we had was the vocals and then all the children, of course, the fabulous children. We had a couple of rehearsals and got to know them and they uh, just got so great at singing the songs. And so we recorded all of them there. So that was the joyous part of the week, you know, teaching the songs. And so it was exciting. And and then, of course, we spent months uh, mixing and tweaking and adding all the different uh, sound effects. Well, anyway, it's a beautiful album. It's really, really good. And, uh, you know, I'm a voter. who did the layout for you for the album? Oh, a wonderful young woman named Emily Zimmerman. And uh, she's so talented and uh, just brought all the ideas of the album and all the animals to life, I think, with this beautiful cover. You know, she kind of incorporated every animal that I wrote about and sang about, and they're all 
some hair, you'll find all of them in here. <laughs> so she, she did an amazing job and just brought the whole thing together. And uh, this is my dog character, Rowdy. You'll see him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sleeping on your head. <laughs> and the best part of that song is my barking, of course. I've become a very good barker over these years. And I don't know if you remember during our Kidstock days, um, Jeff Nolan. Do you remember him? Uh, I still stay in touch with Jeff all the time. Yeah. So awesome. And I, uh, back in those days, I thought, well, I had written some songs about a dog, my dog Rowdy, on my early albums. And so I thought, well, I should incorporate Rowdy the dog into my shows. So we made a uh, dog character costume. And Jeff Coleman uh, performed as my dog character, Rowdy, for a number of years. And Jeff is very tall. He's like six, seven or something, right? So oh, yeah. was made for someone very tall. And uh, after he stopped doing it, I found a new... Uh, guy who was uh, great at character um, acting and he was only 5'3". So <laughs> the other one made him look kind of like a Sharpay. So at any rate, I thought I'll bring Rowdy the dog back for this album. And um, so he had to have a song. And, uh, yeah, I do. Well, I sure. Those were guys. That was a fun crew. All those kids stock people. That was just great times. I mean, I think about that. Everybody was so talented, you know, and they still are. Thank gosh, they're still doing it. That's the good thing about doing this. The stuff for kids and families is it's it's ageless. I mean, you just can do it for ever. You know, nobody. And it's evergreen too. You know, the songs that uh, you and I were performing way back in those days are yeah. still fresh to the new audience because there's always new kids to sing them for. So we exactly. run out of our audience. <laughs> I always said that my audience changes about every six or seven years. I have a new cycle, new group, a new base, you know, to, to sing to and perform for, which is great. Like you say, you can just do this material that is evergreen and does work, you know, always. Thank goodness. I was going to look you up in July, Dana. I was coming up to Portland to do the libraries up there this, this July. But, of course, like you and all of us, it was all canceled or postponed at least, you know. Well, I hope you get rebooked next year, and then you must inch your way up to the corner of Washington State and visit me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. So you're not in Portland. Where are, You're in Bellingham? or where? I'm north of Bellingham. I really am uh, the last stop in Washington State. My son, Jack, always says, if you go any further north, you're in Canada, and if you go any further <laughs> west, you're in the ocean. So you're really <laughs> you're just uh, about five minutes from the Canadian border and just 45 minutes south of Vancouver, B.C. So we're really fortunate when we uh, moved here from New York City. I was scratching my fingernails, not wanting to leave the city and all the huge, you know, markets we had there. But um, then I got here and fell in love. And I, I don't know if I could have found a more beautiful place to live. How did you end up there? What was that well, my husband, Jason, uh, his company uh, that he was um, working for and uh, continued to work for uh, is based in Vancouver. So he had an opportunity to, you know, take a really amazing position. So we decided to make the big change. And at that time, our son, Jack, we had adopted him and he was only two months old. So it was quite a change of our life. The big city to uh, basically out in the woods by the water uh, in Washington with a new baby. So wow. always figure out how long we've been here by how old Jack is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That, wow, that's amazing. My, uh, my son is adopted as well. And he is uh, 30, 36 or 37. And he lives in uh, Michigan with, uh, with his family. So it's, oh. it's amazing, you know, the, the gypsiness of it all. Yes. Well, and like they all, they have to leave, right? Like mine just left our little nest here in Washington and off. Yeah. California. But adoption is the most wonderful thing. One of the most wonderful things on the planet. I think it's such a gift for everyone involved, you know, and I, I feel like truly the universe finds and puts you together with the child you're meant to have. And, you know, whether you have them biologically or whether they come to you through the stars, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, we tried to adopt Dan, but he was so big and hairy. Oh, that's so sweet. There you go, John. We have another invite, another home. Dennis invited us over, and so did Roger. Never, and his wife said, "Come on, boys, we'll be there tomorrow." <laughs>
build a dam. <laughs> I bet the kids would love, would love singing that. Boom, boom, bang. Well, I hope so. I've only gotten to perform it for them virtually, so I'm out there going boom, boom, bam, and I'm <laughs> who knows these days. That's what I wanted to ask you. I mean, it's limited the amount of promotion you can do with this new new album, and I'm sure I know you're working with professional people to get it out there. Uh, but uh, is Beth working with you on this one? Oh yeah, Beth Blentz Klukas from uh, Sugar Mountain PR. She is a blessing in my life and has been since so the '90s. We're we're all you know pinching ourselves, going, "Wait a minute, we've kind of known each other this long." But wow. yeah, she's been a great uh, source of support for me all these years, and so she's helping me get the word out. And uh, you know, and I think actually. It's uh, not all bad because I've been doing a lot of live streams. You know, so I, I also teach classes for little ones, toddlers in uh, Bellingham, Washington. It's my Dana's Music Playground uh, uh, series. So um, I wasn't able to continue teaching my classes. So I started kind of doing these live streams every week this last spring. And, and I think... Um, you know, you can actually grow your audience maybe even more than you could just doing a show here and there. Uh, and you can mm -hmm. read, you know, the world these days. So I think uh, in some ways we look for the silver linings. And so, um, you know, we still can reach out to the kids, even though we can't see them, which is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> so, I've, uh, I've watched a couple of those um, shows, Dan, and you could definitely benefit from it. <laughs> I'm sure I can. <laughs> just, just make it just nudge, nudge. <laughs> I, I really like you, Dana. I, and John and I were going to do some shows together in June out in California. You know, everything's canceled through the end of the year. But I, you know, I, I, we, gosh, I miss it so much. I miss the this on being on stage and being have. I miss their laughter. Yeah. That's exactly what I was just going to say. I, I, there's nothing better than hearing that laughter out there. From the <laughs> little one. You know, I fit off of that. And uh, so trying to just, uh, you know, hitting go and then uh, nothing is coming back at you as it was really kind of surreal. And I was like, mm. well, it was a bit of a learning curve trying to figure out how much energy to put out and kind of draw it back in because usually on stage I'm like, wah! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just trying to pull it back in, I had to get used to that. And, um, and, but I discovered that I can um, get the kids involved and have them still participate by putting the comments and things in the, um, as the stream goes along so I can mm -hmm. actually still interact with them. And it's fun for them to be able to, you know, if you say, what's your favorite color or food or whatever, and then they can put it in. And, and then sometimes you get yourself in a pickle because you have too many comments and you can't respond to them all. But yeah. it's, it's just a new way of being. And I'm just glad that there's still at least some way we can connect with our kiddos out there. Good for you. So what's the plan, uh, what's the plan for the future? Obviously, right now you're in the midst of um, uh, promoting, promoting this album. Uh, a, a question for you, also as an artist, how long do you see actually making hard disk copies or, uh, of uh, uh, CDs regularly? What are your thoughts on the, uh, the future of uh, children's music? Well, of actual CDs, I am. I was actually um, questioning whether I should manufacture any hard copies this go around um, because it's all streaming now and. Uh, 
in some ways, it's much better for us as artists because we don't have to pay the manufacturing costs anymore. Yeah. But uh, there's something great about holding a package in your hand and being able to look at it and see the lyrics inside and just, you know, for the kids to be able to put it in the player and press go. But I guess now they just press download. But <laughs> uh, I think uh, probably um, I, I made a limited run, uh, you know, just uh, under 500 copies this time of actual CDs. And I am wondering if I'll order more because, you know, I think it's good to have some on hand for your live shows um, if they ever come back. And also good just to have to send out to, to people that still want to play them in their car or whatever. But it, I think we might be at the very, very end of actual CDs. And um, I have mixed feelings about that because mm -hmm. I like to hold on to stuff and put it on the shelf. <laughs> but, uh, well, it's like books, you know, with, uh, like with e-books and, you know, where you want to hold a book and sit down and read it and turn the pages and it, it's the same type of feel. But I do think, um, you know, children's music has actually grown a lot from what I was reading or hearing in the last uh, couple of months. Uh, there has been a, a surge in people, uh, you know, downloading music for their children during this time where they need something to occupy them. And so that was good news to hear. I don't know if it'll last, but I hope, I hope so. I hope people will remember how important it is to, you know, introduce their kids to all different musical styles. And, you know, whether it's classical, you know, um, or, you know, Zydeco, <laughs> I think it's important yeah. to hear it all so they can decide what they're, you know, what, uh, you know, excites them the most. And so that's one of the things I really try to do is introduce kids to all different musical genres. So like this album, I have everything from bluegrass to bossa nova, rock and roll, you know. Yeah. Gay was my first time writing a reggae song, so uh, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? You really rocked it too, and uh, a couple of those songs, like the, the build a dam, and the, you know, there was some good hot licks in there. I like that. It was fun. Yeah. I credit to my producer EJ Willette for that. You know, he really. Uh, I'm just banging on the piano, but he brings that guitar in. It really rocked it. So. Nice work. Yeah, he plays. Uh, he plays a lot of instruments. Oh, it's amazing. I think yeah. he played uh, like 14 different instruments on my album. You know, so, some of them were just different guitars, but he plays uh, the bass on this album for every song. He plays the electric, acoustic, um, slide guitar. Uh, he plays mandolin, ukulele. Uh, oh, it just goes on. So honored that he uh, took my project on to, to work with me and produce it so well. And he's become one of my best buddies. And uh, so I think we'll be doing some more stuff together in the future because he's just... As you mentioned uh, earlier about children's music or songs in particular being evergreen, children's music, I, I remember the transition, we discussed this a little bit uh, earlier, uh, Dan and I, about the record companies that were, they were starting to pick up a lot of the children's artists um, a and M was it A and M had the children's artists. Reggie was, I think, responsible at A and M bringing them yeah. over there. Yeah, and they all were getting these, and all the children's artists are going, "Yes, we've made it. We're we're on a record label." Then the the record label didn't know what to do with the artists. They uh, experienced that over at Sony. You know, when we when I was over there, they had a uh, five of us, and uh, we they didn't know that how to market to that special market group, and they just didn't understand it. 
they were basing it on. I, I don't know what they were basing it on. Maybe it was Rappi's success that kind of helped to launch it back in the day, I think, probably. Yeah. I remember back then, and uh, right when you when you were on Sony, and you know, I, I had aspirations to to get on one of those major labels. But just about the time that I was getting started was when they were getting stopped. <laughs> you know, when yeah. they stopped yeah. taking on art, artists and uh, not um, really promote. They never really did promote well. But uh, so I, I feel like um, you know we kind of. Uh, everybody back then had to start their own record label and I never would have guessed in a million years I would start my own little record label but you know it was kind of what you had to do and and I think once you uh, once you have a product then then you can do anything with it that one little cassette tape that I started with together yeah. Yeah. I started hawking it around to uh, do a lot of cross merchandising and so I took it to like um, this company the first years which made children's like bottles and uh, you know bibs and things and they put it in a gift set so you know then I sold like thousands of those little cassettes and those gift sets all around the world and so I think um, I think maybe I'm going to get back to focusing on that way of promoting my music now just doing some more cross merchandising and finding innovative ways to get the music out there because that's really the goal is to get as many children as you can to listen and um, learn from your songs. So I think, uh, you know, even if it's a tough industry, we can find ways to make it happen, right? To be successful. Mm -hmm. With all of them, we're actually going to play more of your videos than any other artist because we actually uh, we actually fell in love not only with the album but uh, and that guy John Wood wrote some great reviews for you as I recall. I am so grateful to that guy John Wood. I think it's the uh, crowning achievement of your career so far. That's why I asked what uh, plans are for the future. So all of the in your in your career following you through the old days of L.A. Parent and doing the reviews for the Napa Awards and this and that, there is, you were good back then, but I could see the progression of your talent and your ability and the people that you surround yourself with. And, uh, uh, you know, surrounding yourself with good people only makes you better. And it is, uh, it's remarkable what you've done and we're excited to see it. We just sit in our really fancy houses, Dan and I, um, Dan's in a cave in New Mexico somewhere that has great Wi-Fi, by the way. And I'm in a, in a trailer with cats. Apparently. Uh, and so from all the money we've made from uh, our involvement in, in children's music, right, Dan? Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. More. Thank you. Thank you, John, for that. I, I do think that, if you stick at something long enough and keep trying, you're bound to get a little better. Uh, and I do feel very proud of this record because uh, I think, um, well, the animals inspired me on this one. Like I said, the more you learn about these animals, the more you love them. And, um, and I hope all the kids will fall in love with the animals too by listening to these songs. And so thank you for that. From moles to whales. Yes, right. And hermit crabs on the regular song. <laughs> Lots of animals, you can't go wrong, right, Danny? That's right, that's right. Well, what a pleasure having you on the show, and we want to have you back um, as many times as possible. Oh, I would uh, love that. I really would. And I, re yeah, I, I know, I think I saw a quote someplace in some of your bio information that they're from Child Magazine or one of the magazines that said that she's one of the 
five singers in the that you should know in family music yeah. is one of them. And I said, hey, I know her. <laughs> I'm lucky to know both of you guys. And thank you so much for having me on. You guys could make anybody smile and laugh. It's a great joy just to spend some time with you. Thank you so much. I hope everybody will come visit me at my website and uh, have a listen to the song. It's danasmusicplayground.com. Good. And I know you have a YouTube channel too, right? Yep. Everything is all Dana's Music Playground. My Facebook, my YouTube, my website, just Dana's Music Playground. And my classes too. So I hope everybody will come say hi. All right. Thanks so much for being on. And uh, we look forward to uh, replaying this and listen, watching the videos as everybody else will. Well, thank you so much, guys. I love you both. And I'm so grateful to you both. It could be a cabin on a lake A warm and cozy place where we awake A small apartment twenty stories high Or a castle that seems taller than the sky It could be
I'm just kidding and he's just kidding, just kidding is what we do. We're just kidding and they're just kidding, you kid a little bit too. When we feel like singing, we invite some 